Welcome on in to Hang Time, the Hang Time Podcast. Aku Smith here in Atlanta. My main man, John Schumann, in New York area, the New York area, the Tri-Cities area, New Jersey. Listen, NBA free agency is days away, guys. Signing period begins at midnight on July 1st. The trade winds, however, are already blowing hard from L.A. to D.C. The Clippers trade Austin Rivers to the Wizards for Marcin Gortat. And now there are rumors, John, that uh, DeAndre Jordan could be the next man thrown off the ship in Clipperland, maybe to Dallas. And and that's not even the the main deal. I mean, that's not even what's most important, of course, going on free agency-wise in L.A. with the Lakers all caught up in the Kawhi Leonard drama. The rumor mill, you know, just going crazy as we get ready to dive into uh, the, the NBA silly season here this summer. Shoot. Let's start with the Lakers and this talk that they're desperate now all of a sudden to get a deal done in advance of LeBron's decision that has to be made by midnight Friday night. The Lakers and Spurs are reportedly talking, re-engaged in talks about a potential Kawhi Leonard trade. If you're if you're the, the Spurs, are you looking at this and feeling pressure to get this done? Or if you're the Lakers... Are you looking at this and saying, we got to get this done now in order to set up the rest of the summer? When all we've heard from Magic is that, you know, it's a two-summer process. And all we've heard from the Spurs camp, from R.C. Buford, is that they're going to continue to do whatever it takes to to reestablish a good relationship with Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, I think all the pressure is on the Lakers uh, at this point in the process. I believe the idea that, you know, it's harder to uh, recruit other guys, whoever they may be, with the core that you have now, and it would be easier to recruit another star if you had Kawhi Leonard already in the fold. That makes total sense. The problem with that is that, as we talked about last week, you know the Spurs control where Kawhi Leonard goes and when Kawhi Leonard goes there. They could feel like, yeah, the Lakers probably have the the most to offer us, especially if if Kawhi's camp sends signals elsewhere that he doesn't want to play for your team beyond next season. But the Spurs don't have to make a trade right now. They don't have to make a trade July 6th. They can, you know, wait till the end of July Mm -hmm. into August. So, uh, yeah, so I don't, you know, I mean, maybe the Lakers put some sort of pressure like, okay, we'll give you this, this, we'll give you this and this. That's the, 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 We'll give you, uh, you know, A and B as the foundation for our trade. And you can also have C, but uh, after July 6th, C comes off the table or something like that. You know, like that could be how they sort of try to, you know, put pressure on on the Spurs to to get a deal done um, so that, you know, other free agents can, you know, look at the Lakers now as a a true destination because they have another star to play with. Um, the interesting thing with LeBron is like he, I mean, he could opt out. Like he could, yes, he could opt in and say, "All right, I'm going to try. I'm going to stick with Cleveland for one more year, and I'll right. do this again next year." But I mean, right. he could do the same thing by opting out and re-signing it with a one plus one deal too. You know, like same thing with Paul George. I mean, we already know uh, we learned, um, you know, Wednesday night that Paul George has is going to opt out or, or is is not going to exercise his player option or right. decline his player option so he can be a free agent. But that doesn't mean he's leaving, leaving Oklahoma City, and it doesn't mean he can't be a free agent again next year. You know, he could do he could do a one plus one deal with Oklahoma City. So right. there's lots of things in play, um, and I don't think LeBron has to see something from the Lakers between now and Friday night in order to uh, opt out. 
So, so what in your estimation, shoe is is fair value for Kawhi Leonard if you're the Spurs? What do you demand for Kawhi? That's a great question. I think Brandon Ingram is the the young guy I want there most uh, from them. Obviously, has uh, incredible tools. He's the versatile sort of forward that every team likes to have. I think Kuzma is is is, is interests me as well, and and then future picks. You know, as many future picks as I can get. Lonzo Ball is is a piece that I like, but you will have a similar piece already in Dejounte Murray, and then you know you don't necessarily want to deal with don't say his name the extra stuff yes. that comes along with Lonzo Ball. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then, like I said, it helps that they have Dejounte Murray already. Like there, I don't yeah. think there's a desperate need to get a, a, a point a guard. guard yeah. Like you know, I think they're similar players. You know, guys that are defense first, athletic, and both need to uh, improve their jump shot. Right. All right, well, since we're dealing in hypotheticals and rumor mill, and let me let me put this on a human scale for you, John Schumann. And let's just forget about the industry these guys are in and just think about this in a pure human strain. And, and we talk about all the time how much money these guys make and how apparently the general public assumes that because you make a lot of money and you're faced with these sorts of, you know, relocation issues – that it should somehow just be as easy as, well, this is where I want to go, so I go there. But what would it take to uproot you? And and I'm putting you in the shoes of a guy like LeBron James right now. You've been living – well, first of all, you're a husband, you're a father. You've been living in this place that you – you know, that's basically home for the last four years and really for 11 of the last 15 years. What would it take for you to uproot your family when your oldest kid – is on the doorstep of high school. Your wife, for all intents and purposes, for everything we can gather, enjoys living there in her comfort zone around family, nearest where you both grew up. There's going to be no discernible lifestyle change. You're going to be filthy rich if you stay in Cleveland or if you move across the country. What would would, would professional ambition be enough to get you to uproot your family at 33 having already reached the top of your field and there being no dispute as to who and what you are in your industry what would it be that could get you to uproot everything to go across the country and chase whatever it is you want to chase that's a great question like i don't know where you know his priorities lie right now no i'm I saying mean, where would yours lie if you were in a position like that? Shoot. it's a great question. Um, I think family comes first. I mean, he's at a point in his career where what does he, what else does he have to prove? Yeah. You know, I know he's like, excuse me, I am supposedly chasing <laughs> the ghost of Michael Jordan or whatever, right. but you know, I don't know if there's a spot right now that says, all right, you can go here and you're going to win the next three championships yeah. and that's going to give you six, right? Like, is yeah. there a spot? I don't know. I don't think there is. I don't think there's um, a walk in a walk in situation where he's ready made to to dethrone the Warriors. Correct. So, so I mean, I mean uh, he's talked about wanting to play with his buddies, you know, Melo and Chris Paul and Dwayne Wade or whatever, you know, like that idea has been in there. So sure. maybe there's a place where he can go and, and that can be set up for not this year, but next year or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's, it's, you know, I, I don't see the basketball situation in Cleveland as great. And, 
we know they're a huge step below the Warriors, but I think we also believe that if they stand pat and if things were to stay the same, that they would not be the favorite in the Eastern Conference next year. Right. I think um, as things stand, the Boston Celtics are the better team for the next two or three years. And so I I, I don't think there's any easy answer. Yeah. I mean, and I ask you that, Shu, because so often in free agency, we look at this from kind of this multi-tiered perspective of, well, where do you go to chase championships? And, you know, in Paul George's case, if he stays in Oklahoma City for a max deal, it's $40 million more million than anybody else could offer. You know what I mean? Like, it's always parked in these very specific circumstances. But for a guy like LeBron, to me, and I, of course, I'm applying his parameters to our lifestyle, which is not very, it's not a very good analogy, <laughs> of course. But, but I was thinking about it. I was like, what would it take for me to uproot my family? We've lived, we've lived here in the same place since 2005. My wife loves it here. You know, like I'm I'm just thinking about it. And I was thinking about this last night and this morning in a very personal, you know, context. I was like, what would it take for me to uproot my family and go across the country to do basically the same job with the same challenges? There's somebody out there who's head and shoulders above whatever I'm, I got going on. So I'm chasing that. But would I want to pack up and move out of something that's been comfortable for us to chase my own personal professional ambitions would that outweigh the wishes of my wife or my kids wanting to stay where they are and finish high school where they're you know and I started thinking about it I don't know when when LeBron said that family was going to be you know a huge part of what his decision was this time as opposed to what decisions he made previously when he had a family but he wasn't as established they weren't as comfortable they weren't as entrenched that made sense to me hearing LeBron say that. I thought, wow, you know, maybe his decision this time around is drastically different because his kids are old enough. We're gonna, they're going to give a crap if they have to pack up and move, if they have to leave the friends, all the things they've grown accustomed to because dad wants to go play for the Lakers. You know what I mean? That That decision to me becomes infinitely more difficult because of all of the other people whose lives are impacted by it and they're of an age that it affects them much more dramatically than it would have if, say, they were little kids that don't know the difference between living in Bath, Ohio, or Beverly Hills. You know what I'm saying? It's I don't know if we're giving LeBron the credit he deserves for being as thorough and nuanced in his decision-making this time around as he probably will have to be um, and, and I'm just in my own mind, I'm starting to think I'm not going to be shocked at whatever he does, um, whatever his decision is. I'll be even less shocked if he stays in Cleveland for another year because of that, because of the family parameters that he's dealing with. And think about it. Him and his family are not the only people that get uprooted when he moves. Exactly. Think about uh, his trainer, Mike Mancius. He's yeah. got a family, too. Right. If LeBron goes to some other team, Mike goes with him, and Mike's family gets uprooted as right. well. Uh, and there's other guys around him that go from team Randy? to team yeah. with I mean, Randy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Randy's got a family, too. Right, right. right? It's just, I mean, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. He's a business in himself, and that business has other people other than himself that yeah. are involved and who, who move with him. 
You know, I mean, Mike's with him basically 11 months out of the year at least, right. you know. LeBron goes to a trip to China. Mike's out there with him, you right. know. And that's, I mean, that's something that I'm sure weighs on his mind. You know, like, all right, you know, I got to do what's best for me, but also um, what's best for my family and what's best for the people around me. And I don't think his career is at, I don't think there's anything in his career where he says, well, I really have to do this now. Yeah. He's not at, there's no desperation at all in, in his career path to say, I got to do this, you know, while I have the chance. I mean, he's done everything he needs to do, really. Yeah. I'm hoping Cleveland fans don't listen to this and get, get on this high horse <laughs> thinking we're suggesting he's going to stay in Cleveland. Because honestly, we don't, I have no idea what he's going to do. I have no clue. I have no idea what's going to happen with LeBron James and friends here, frankly, anybody else. All, only thing we know now is there's a lot of smoke being blown in every direction. You know, and obviously you can get on NBA.com and follow all the latest on free agency before it gets started, during, and after. And that, and that leads me shoot, to the next part of our discussion here today. David Aldrich has released his under-the-radar free agents list, and it's on NBA.com today. Some very... Very interesting names on here. Guys that are critical, you know, to successful situations wherever they go. And you think about some of these guys. I'll start with Trevor Ariza, who was huge, even though he had a brutal Game 7 in the West Travers Finals. Huge to what the Rockets did this season, this past season, and what they've done. Another guy, Marco Bellinelli, who played a key role for the Philadelphia 76ers. Rudy Gay who was a, a cog for the Spurs with Kawhi out all season, played a very pivotal role for them. Isaiah Thomas, who could be a very curious you know, case this summer in terms of what he ends up doing. I mean, so many different guys, you know, where DA lists here, basically the 25 guys, you know, the most intriguing 25 free agents that will be available starting Sunday bright and early that people maybe aren't discussing right now. And, there again, there are more great names. Aaron Baines is on the list. Um, Michael Beasley, who had a nice season in New York, is one of those guys that pops up on DA's list. Avery Bradley, who's, you know, rumored to be in in the sights of uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and other teams who are interested in him. Um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, that one season he spent on that big salary with the Lakers. J.J. Redick, another guy who we argued about, and you you know, you know, rightfully said that he would be a valuable piece for the Sixers, even if it was just for this one season. What guys stick out to you, Shu, amongst these under-the-radar free agents, and why? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I was looking – I sort of went through every team mm-hmm. um, yesterday and looked at what they need, and I sort of put – players into four categories sort of on the ball guys uh guys who handle the ball ball handlers um sort of off ball perimeter players um versatile bigs and you know sort of standard bigs Mm -hmm. you know true bigs and the one the the longest list i have of teams Mm -hmm. are the ones that need off the ball perimeter players so, like, in Indiana could use a, a three. You know, they had uh, Bojan Bogdanovic was their starting three yeah. last year. Like, say, you know, they could use an upgrade there. You know, Portland, you know, could use a, a three-man. guy, a three man. You know, the Spurs, obviously, if Kawhi Leonard is gone, needs somebody. Milwaukee, you know, yeah. could use an upgrade from Tony Snell. Uh, Oklahoma City, obviously, if Paul George leaves. 
Um, Miami desperately needs shooting. Minnesota needs shooting and, and, a, and, a, and a replacement on the wing for Jamal Crawford if he leaves. And so that's the biggest list. But then I looked at sort of available free agents, mm-hmm. and that's you go from um, as far as off the off ball perimeter guys, you go from you know Ariza and JJ Redick, and then I think there's a big drop off. So yeah. I think Ariza is one guy who you know we think of as okay, he's a part of a, a great team, and the Rockets surely want to bring him back. But like this guy could be pretty coveted, even at 33 years old. And same thing with Reddick, you know, um, such a huge part of what the Sixers did this year. And, you know, we've talked about this in the past, how how important their shooters are to their offense and how Reddick, Bellinelli, Ilyasova all are free agents. And so I'm kind of curious as to how that market works out, you know, the, the sort of the off ball, you know, guys that, you know, shoot um, or are perimeter defenders. You know, there was a, a, a report you know, yesterday that that Memphis was interested in Avery Bradley, and I was yeah. kind of like, "Yeah, Avery Bradley." We've ta- we, we talked about him last week and <laughs> right. how he's a, t- a six-two-two guard. But then I just looked at this list of available free agents, like, "Well, you know what? Avery Bradley's pretty high on the <laughs> exactly. list of two slash three guys, and right. with like I said, a long list of teams that need those guys." Yeah. Um, and so that's the market I'm kind of curious about. Like we've talked about, the bigs market is is you know, there's a lot of available bigs. And not many teams that need them. Yeah. And so I'm curious about that. Obviously, you have the stars: LeBron, Durant, Paul George, um, Chris Paul. That are the 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 guys that handle the ball. Um, and every team, almost every team, could use somebody like that too. But I, I'm curious about the sort of the the wing players that play off the ball, that shoot, um, that move, that play defense. I think. Uh, those are the guys that may, you know, the top couple of guys on that list may be in for uh, or, or may be pretty well coveted yeah. this week. Two guys that stuck out to me, Shu, in terms of need and, you know, what kind of impact they could have. With the Wizards trading Marching Gortat, they need a mobile big man who can get up and down the floor, rim protect, you know, and a guy much younger than Gortat. That, doesn't that see, spot seem tailor-made for Nerlens Noel? I mean, a guy who's been searching for kind of a fit. And I'm I'm just saying, if you look at need and availability, man, he you know, man, he makes sense to me on a team like that. He he does in a just theoretically. In a, theoretically, yes, but he comes with some baggage, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way things worked out in Philadelphia with him, like. And right. the way, you know, he has not been a happy camper in each of the last two stops. And that tells you something about him. And I, I can't, I, he's, you know, he turned down a ton of money last year uh, with Dallas to to sort of, you know, he bet on himself. And I think he's not going to, that, that, that bet didn't turn out too well. So we'll see what he gets. Um, the other one, when you were actually talking about that, the guy on, on my list that I was thinking about was Derek Favors. But I don't know. Uh, what kind of money he's going to get if yeah. Utah, how how much Utah wants to keep him around. You know, they have his bird rights so they can pay him more than Washington can. Um, I do think he has still, he still has value in Utah, although, um, you know, they would often uh, sort of, you know, they would start him and Gobert together and would quickly usually go to a small, small ball lineup and then sort of stagger their minutes so that they didn't play as many minutes together. Um, but I think he still has value as a four slash five with Utah. 
but he could be a great fit in Washington as well. Like you said, mobile, you know, big who can protect the rim. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that's Derek Favors, and he could be a full time five. I think so. He's another guy, and like obviously, and it's good news for the bigs that Washington made that trade because that basically opens up a or you know, adds a team that needs a a center. You know, before that trade, you know. Uh, there really wasn't one because the Clippers could let DeAndre Jordan walk and could have just said, all right, we'll go with Montrez Harrell. You know, we'll re-sign him and he'll, he's going to be our center because that guy can play. Yeah. And, and, and so now with Gortat going from Washington to the Clippers, I think Washington now obviously becomes a team that needs a center and that's good for the centers on the market. Another guy who strikes me as intriguing, Shu, because we have absolutely no idea what's going to happen who's going to be interested, what kind of fit he'd be, Isaiah Thomas. We're talking about a guy who was in the MVP conversation two years ago. Just as recently as a season ago, he's, you know, he's in that mix. What, what is the market for him now, given all he's been through, you know, since the end of that playoff run for the Celtics uh, a year ago? I have no idea. I think, I think, I mean, you ask me, I say he's got, he gets a one-year deal or a uh, one plus a team option. You know, I don't know. Like, hmm. not only one because of teams don't know what they're getting and they need to see, he needs to prove himself again that he can be, um, you know, he can be a dynamic ball handler, a guy who gets to the free, gets to the basket, gets to the free throw line. But also I think, you know, teams don't want to, take up space for for next summer you know like i think there's with every contract you know there are obviously players that you're willing to spend long-term money on but next summer is a big summer for free agency both team-wise and 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 player-wise and i think they're you know some of these guys uh some of these free agents are going to have to settle for one-year deals or some of these restricted free agents are going to have to settle for the qualifying offer just because uh, next year is, you know, teams don't want to put long-term money on, on the table. You know, we saw it with Reddick last year where the Sixers were willing to pay him $23 million just so they didn't, just so it was a one-year deal so that they could stay flexible for this summer. And that's, and obviously they're still in the market for, for a star. And, and because Reddick's deal was only one year that they, they've got that, cap space uh to to pursue a, a max free agent so <laughs> thomas is in a in a in a spot where i i would be surprised if he got more than one year or uh a one year plus a non-guarantee or something like that yeah are there any teams under the radar shoe that you're watching anybody specific that you're eyeballing in in this you know kind of beyond just the the big names and the big headlines is there a team out there under the radar that you're watching well i think you know we we look at houston as as uh potentially sort of trading for lebron that's sort of been their storyline but the reality is they have three starters that are free agents chris paul trevor ariza and clint capella and so they have to do some work just to stay intact and, you know, yeah, they, they should be able to bring all those three guys back, but that nothing is guaranteed. And like we just talked about, Ariza should be pretty well coveted because of the the need for his type of – the type of player that he is around the league. So I think Houston is just a team 
that is obviously you know the second best team in the league but has some work to do just to keep that together you know and obviously they want to upgrade somewhere but just keeping their starting lineup intact is going to take some work uh Luke Mbamute is another guy for them that's a free agent and and he's a, a he was a critical piece for them this year just a, a critical part of their you know versatility and so I'm I'm watching them just to see how how difficult it is for them just to keep things uh, the way they were. Mm-hmm. Seiko Smith is John Schumann here um, on the Hangtime Podcast, kind of breaking down free agency and some different angles. Um, Shu, what what I mean, every year there's another class of players that we kind of forget about when free agency rolls around. It's the guys who are restricted, and there's always quality players but probably not as many offer sheets to go around that could really turn turn this period into pure chaos. Is there somebody who you could see livening up this discussion from the restricted free agent class? And what about it, this group this year makes it different maybe than years past? All right, I'm going I'm to give you a trivia question before we get into the restricted discussion. So restricted okay. free agents are guys that – Mostly are guys from the 2014 draft, first round picks who who just completed their rookie deal. So they right. got, you know, they got their uh, options picked up for their third and fourth year. Right. Um, there are four first round picks from 2014 who got extensions already, mm-hmm. meaning that they're under contract. They're not free agents this year. Yes. Two of those are Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid. Right. So my trivia question for you is: Who are the other two first-round picks from 2014 who already have contract extensions and therefore are not free agents? Man, I got to think. Uh, Your first hint is that they're both perimeter players on Western Conference teams mm-hmm. that did not make the playoffs this year. Okay, Gary Harris has to be one of them. Correct. Gary Harris got uh, $74 million over four right. years starting so starting this deal. season. The other one's a little tougher. That is a good question. Uh, Man, what about Shabazz Napier? Nope. No, he's he's going to be in the class. Uh, All right, hold on. Let me think, Shu. On Western Conference teams. This was a bad, bad, bad Western Conference team. Man, I can't think. Who would it be on a man? I don't know. T.J. Warren. Ah, I forgot about him. Got forty-seven million over four That's years. Right. Starting, starting That's right. This coming season. That's some good faith shown in, in T.J. Warren by the by the Suns. By the way, it's in like he's a perimeter player who can't shoot. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, some, it's kind of fascinating, you know, like that T.J. Warren is one of the, is the guy that got you know the extension and not you know yeah. uh, you know a an Aaron Gordon or a Marcus Smart or something like that. That wasn't a yeah. that wasn't a just blow you away draft class either. I mean, there are a lot of guys. In that tw- yeah. 2014 draft, a lot draft of guys where the there. jury's still out. I mean, yeah. the jury's still out on Aaron Gordon. The jury's still out on Dante Exum. Jabari you know, Parker, the jury's yes. still out on Jabari Parker. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Alfred Payton. I think the jury is like, oh, you know, we're we're, we're it's an eleven to one thing right now, and they're going around one more time. It's like to that twelfth guy. It's like, you still believe in this dude? You know, like um, Julius you know, so Randle think, is in that group, which I yeah. think he's I think he's poised to be. The quality player in this league. I think he showed us enough 
to where I'm starting to move him into the the thumbs up side. Right, but his current team isn't exactly uh, you know ready to open the checkbook for Julius right. Randle right now. Right. So that that makes him a, a sort of a fascinating fascinating case. Yeah. And then Zach Levine, like I got no we, words you know? about Zach Levine. I know the injury is you know set him yeah. back, but I, I like Levine. I think Levine's a keeper wherever he is, and I think Chicago would be nuts to do anything but have him around for a long time. Some I was reading something yesterday, and it's like really you realize like Chicago has. Um, sort of building blocks at every single yes. position now, where yes. they have Chris Dunn, uh, Levine in the backcourt, Wendell Carter potentially up right. front, the, the rookie um, with with Markinen, who I actually yes. I like I like a lot, and then um, you know their other first round pick is uh, kid Chandler Hutchinson, who's a three. So right. um, they conceivably have uh, building blocks at at every position, depending on how good you know the Hutchison kid is, but yeah. That's an interesting sort of like, all right, do they just sort of roll those guys out and let them play, you know, you know, 20 minutes together every night uh, this season or or is or or do you, you supplement know. it with some veterans and try and make the playoffs? Because I think they potentially could be a playoff team. There's a, yeah, there's a group of teams right now. I think like, are are they patient this summer or or do they become desperate like yeah. Phoenix? We've heard wants to take a real step forward, not and not just say, all right, we're going to let. Aiton and, and Booker and and Josh Jackson just sort of you know grow together and we're going to see what we have two years from now. It would be easier to trust them if Phoenix had done anything right. The past, <laughs> the same, yeah, same things with like Orlando is in the same like they you would think like all right we just got to be patient but they've been bad for six years now like yeah. at, at some point like you've got to be and then they have a huge hole both those teams have huge holes at point guard. Um, and then like the Knicks, like, yeah, you got to wait for Porzingis to come back, but are, are they willing to like spend some money? Um, yeah. Brooklyn, the same sort of thing. Like, I mean, Brooklyn, the rumor shoot is if it's legit that Brooklyn's getting ready to slap a, an offer sheet in front of Clint Capella. I mean, there are different ways of restarting or jumpstarting your program. Um, I don't know if I like that idea. If I'm well, they're the, like zero for Nets. four on uh, they're zero for four on offer sheets so far. Although <laughs> right. they they did end up getting Alan Crabb later a year right. later, but right. And I think I, 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 the Capella thing I I'm a little dubious of just because I think Jared Allen I think they see as their starting center for the next seven years. You know I think <sighs> right. You know from all I've gathered is that they're really high on him, and so I don't know if if center shopping is is their priority this summer, so we'll see yeah, I mean, you just never know I mean you because you never know how a team wants to reshape the core group of players they have, like I think what the clippers are doing by drafting a couple of six six guards um trading austin rivers to me they're they're a fascinating free agent team because. I have no idea what kind of players that their brain trust wants to put in place, you know, with with the potential young backcourt that's going to have to get minutes, you know, to, to grow and develop. What kind of players do you put around those guys? You know what I'm saying? It, it becomes a a very, you know, interesting game of, of shuffleboard all summer for some of these teams trying to figure out which pieces you want on your board and which ones you want off. And, again, we focus so much on LeBron and Paul George and Chris Paul and Kawhi potentially for good reason. You focus on the stars. But I think DA's list of these top 25 underrated free agents 
is, is spectacular. It's a great thing to chew on in the days leading up to free agency kicking off because I have grown weary of all the speculation <laughs> about these big-name guys. It's like, you know, it's, it's going to be what it is when it happens, and I'm getting a little spent, you know, on on trying to restructure and reshape that discussion every day. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing we haven't really talked about is – you know, trades and not just trades like the, the you know, the Gortat River swap, but also the the idea of teams trying to get off of certain contracts. Yeah. I mean, we know that the Hawks want to would love to get uh, Dennis Schroeder off their books. Uh, Kent Bazemore, I guess, obviously, yeah. as you know, they were trying to, um, sh- you know, trade him for a shorter contract with that Dallas deal at the draft. Uh, Miami and, and Hassan Whiteside. You know, like what goes on there? Like, yeah, wouldn't it be awesome if Miami just like a team like that popped up out of nowhere and got in the LeBron mix? <laughs> wouldn't it be hilarious? Like, hey, maybe I'm gonna go back to Miami. I mean, it, I would just love for all of this. Well, the thing chaos you gotta remember: to... not many, not many teams have the have the have just have the, the, the means, flexibility yeah. to yeah. do anything. You yeah. know, like even. Um, you know, a team like Miami, all their big contracts are long term. So it's not like they can unload a guy who just has one more year on his deal. And then therefore they have now the cap space to, to sign. A guy. You know, Miami, they're in a tough, tough spot. And I'm fascinating to see what happens with Whiteside. Not only can they trade him, but if they don't, do they try to salvage the relationship? Because yeah. I think last season or this past season, um, he was sort of a placeholder, and I think you know they were better with with uh, Olenek and and Adebayo on the floor, and so. But you know they couldn't not start Whiteside because once you you know sort of bench him, then you've sort of lost him. Yeah. I think. And yeah. so, do they now just punt on that whole relationship at this you know uh, going forward? So right. we'll see. I'm, I'm I'm sort of fascinated by by that and by like like some of these other contracts that teams would love to sort of get rid of sure. is there a landing spot for that and what what kind of things do they have to give up you know sacrifice in order to to make to uh sort of free themselves up well if things heat up the way i think they could potentially going into this weekend um we there's all um, different crazy stuff they could go on uh, interesting couple of newsy notes to drop in here uh before we get out of here and this is all you know, subject to change at any moment. But Mark Stein of the New York Times has an interesting tweet. Shoe says that this doesn't guarantee Kawhi Leonard is going to the Lakers this week since San Antonio could always trade him elsewhere and or drag this thing out. But league sources are telling Stein of the Spurs that they are, quote, ready to move on from Kawhi Leonard. Shoe that, that could make for a chaotic couple of days for, for everybody. Well, the one thing with that, with that, that I, you know, there's this, uh, you know, theory that the Spurs don't want to create a third super team in the West. You know, yeah. knowing that you know the Except Warriors and the Rockets. The Spurs. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the Warriors and the Rockets are already the two best teams in the league, and now yeah. if they trade Kawhi Leonard to to L.A., he can uh, build, L.A. can also get another star. Now there's three, but then. But if they trade Kawhi Leonard, like, what is the Spurs' timeline? Are they even do they even care about the next three years? Like, or is was the next three years really their priority? Like, what you know what. Obviously, they're going to be competitive. They're going to be a good team, but they're not necessarily championship hunting for the next few years. So I don't know if I think what they got to do is make the best deal for them, 
for you know two three years down the line right. and in that case not necessarily worry about who, what kind of team they're creating for next season and the season after that another newsy tweet from adrian wojnarowski from espn the spurs are fully engaged in trade talks with several teams on Kawhi leonard he says including the lakers and celtics boston has long had the assets that the spurs most covet in a potential leonard trade you talk about about shifting some balance of power. You put Kawhi Leonard in any capacity on a team with Gordon Haywood, Kawhi, you know, Kawhi, Kyrie, whatever, you know, Al Horford and whatever remains of those young players. Boston would be a monster in the Eastern Conference. They'd be to me they'd be the head and shoulders favorite in the East adding Kawhi even if they had to lose some valuable pieces. Yeah, I mean, we talked about them that that last week. You know, them obviously having the best assets. Yeah, the the probably could put together the best trade package um, for San Antonio. But is you know are you know Jason Tatum's probably off the table, and is Jalen Brown you know the next Kawhi Leonard? You know, right. with a couple more years of development. Right. And, and I said, you know, selfishly, I want to see them run it back. Because I, I really that team really grew on me last playoffs, and I want to see them come back with, with the team that they have. And I like I said, they are the favorite in the Eastern Conference as they stand. They don't need to do anything, and they they should be the favorite to reach the finals. Um, yeah. But maybe they see a higher ceiling with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. So much going on. I mean, so much to chew on. The NBA. I don't know what people term an off season, but uh, I think we've. Jump that shark in the NBA. We've long since done away with a legitimate offseason. It's year-round uh, basketball. Summer league's around the corner. By the time you get done wiping your mouth from your 4th of July grub, summer league will be cranked up everywhere. So, and, and, and this is all after you get a chance to keep up with all of our free agency coverage on NBA TV Saturday night into Sunday morning. Live and rolling. Uh, at some point, Shu, I think I'm going to make an appearance on one of those, some show, one of those shows at some point. Um, but in the meantime, you can find everything you need to know about free agency at NBA.com forward slash free agency. If you haven't already, be sure to check out David Aldridge's under the Raider free agent list on NBA.com. Very informative stuff. You'd want to to familiarize yourself with that list in addition to the names you already know. And uh, if you haven't already subscribed, please do so to Hang Time on Apple Podcasts for new episodes of the podcast here every week during the offseason. Don't forget to leave a great review. My main man, John Schumann in New Jersey, I tell you to enjoy your break, but you don't have one. Um, <laughs> you're going to be working, and that's fine. That's a good thing for us. We will be reading. We will be watching. And, Shu, we will be paying attention to how the NBA twists and turns through this offseason, man. I will talk to you soon. I'll see you down the road, brother. All righty. And we'll see you right here next week on the Hangtime Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always, say kuna matata.